Hey, podcast people. Tony Stark here. The show is called Re-MCU. These guys had the brilliant idea to do something no one else has. Rewatch the Marvel Cinematic Universe and talk about it. Top-notch idea, fellas. Congrats. Anyway, let's see what brilliant thoughts come from this. Take it away, boys. Welcome back to another episode of Re-MCU, where we are re-watching and re-evaluating the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Jared Kingery. And I'm Cody Viafania. And Cody, we've finally come to it, um, something you and I have been looking forward to on this show for a while. Looking forward to slash dreading, maybe? Yeah. Um, the uh, second Avengers movie, Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, this is, of course, the, um, you know, we got another team-up movie of sorts. Of sorts. Of course, it's the team-up movie uh, featuring uh, the big three superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. You've also got Incredible Hulk. You've got uh, Scarlet, uh, excuse me, uh, Scarlet, um, what is her name? Black Widow, uh, Hawkeye. Um, you've got uh, other people like uh, uh, War Machine and Falcon. Uh, Falcon um, and uh, Nick Fury. This is um, the, for some reason, second to last entry in phase two of the MCU. Um, which, of course, Ant-Man is the last episode of uh, the last film in Phase 2, which, again, I don't understand, but whatever. Um, this is also uh, written and directed by uh, Joss Whedon, who did the first Avengers film. Um, and notably, uh, Joss Whedon's last connection to the Marvel Universe. So, yes. So, this is... Um, I think probably one of the biggest disappointments in this whole endeavor. Yeah, you know, the Avengers was so good, right? You know, mm -hmm. and, and Joss Whedon, you know, his script was, I think, the reason that it was so successful. And it was so funny, and it nailed the tone, and it was, you know, you know, uh, I was going to say cheeky, but that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> you know, it, but it was it was really smart, um, and it had, you know, all the Whedonisms that people have grown to love. And uh, this everything that's great about the Avengers, this movie lacks. So there had been, I think we talked about it in the original um, Avengers episode, there had been this idea that Joss Whedon was kind of this genius in waiting um, who had been given the shaft, um, you know, in, in as much as someone who had three hit TV shows can be given the shaft um, or three network TV shows in that he had, he was like this creative genius who had been either stifled by the networks or ignored by theater. Like you, I don't know if you ever watched Firefly. I have uh, famously not. I okay. I own it, but I have not seen it. It's it's a it's a good little sci-fi show. Um, you know, for a good ten years on the internet, it was the biggest thing that never was. Mm -hmm. Um, in that it was canceled after you know fourteen episodes or whatever it was. Um, so Whedon was able to somehow get a studio to greenlight a movie version of Firefly. Uh, called Serenity that was released in, um, when was that released? Is that 2009? Um, that, that wrapped up the film 
Oh, sorry, 2005. Shit. That movie's way older than I thought. So that wrapped up the events of the film um, and kind of moved forward. Um, a huge bomb at the box office. So in between that and Avengers, he did um, a movie, a TV show called Dollhouse for Fox, which never really took off. And I think that's about it. I think he wrote some comic books, and I think there's a famous kind of failed Wonder Woman story in there, or Wonder Woman movie in there, mm-hmm. um, that apparently now is um, <laughs> is looked back as being pretty misogynist. A lot uh, of his work misogynistic. is, yeah. It's a it's a weird to me. Oh uh, oh god! One of the biggest things he ever he did that so many of my nerd friends loved was uh, Doctor Horrible's sing along blog. Yeah. Um, people loved that thing. People, yeah, people love it. Um, with the stars uh, is Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, f- <laughs> is it Felicia Day and Nathan Fillion? I believe that sounds right. Um, yeah, that looks like it's it. Um, anyway, um, won an Emmy for that. Um. Anyway, it was f- created during the uh, writer's strike, I believe. Um. Anyway, so by the way, too, he in between uh, Avengers and this movie, he made he did a Shakespeare adaptation of Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, oh yes, it's th- really really good. I I really like that. And it was um, shot at his house, right? It was shot at his house. It's in black and white, and it's like it's like um it's basically taking place in modern times, but with all Shakespearean dialogue. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Nathan Fillion is really great in it. There's also um, he was uh, he wrote uh, Cabin in the Woods, right? He did, but that was an old script. I think that was unearthed, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, yeah. Um, anyway, so so this is a guy that would had had huge nerd cred and really maximized it in um, the first Avengers movie. The second movie. I'm not going to entirely blame him, mm-hmm. but the it's extremely overcooked, and whether that's a, you know a symptom of studio interference or Whedon's style just not really adapting to to what needed to be done, um, this is a mess of a movie, mm-hmm. and I I from from what I understand. Um, there's stuff that Whedon fought for that that the studio wanted out, um, which gives us kind of some truncated storylines. There's something in this movie that I want to talk about later that I feel like directly addresses Man of Steel. Sure. Which is, of course, the Superman film. Um, so this is this is probably, again, I think it's, probably the biggest disappointment all around so it it drove whedon from the from marvel yes and it it, it kind of and it thrust for the russo brothers to take his sort of role as the as the like overseer architect of like the like the filmmaking architect of these series you know feige is always the one that's in charge but you know you know just uh um Joss Whedon was in like a creative consultant role for all of the movies and, you know, was famously flown in to rewrite, um, what movie was it? Iron Man two or something like that. Um, no, that was that, 
Iron Man, I don't know. Or Iron Man 3, maybe. I, I can't remember which. Um, but but yeah, here's the thing, is that I think it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, disappointments. I don't think it's the worst movie in the series. It's definitely in the bottom five. Um, but I, I, there are some redeeming things, even though it is a slog. I don't think that it's all garbage um, in the way that like Incredible Hulk is. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I do think... Or, Incredible Hulk is the name of that movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, it is it is problematic and troublesome and, and a huge disappointment and and you know, especially after the success of the Avengers and especially after successful movies in this phase, um yeah, j- just really kind of there's a lot that doesn't work, but we can get to that. Yeah, and it's um it's um marks the uh, this again, like we said, it marks the end of Whedon's involvement. Um, which he had kind of taken over for uh, Favreau, John yes. Favreau, yeah, um, who of course directed Iron Man, um, and then has moved on since to Star Wars, which he seems to be very uh, uh, excelling quite a bit at in the Mandalorian. But yeah, it's it's strange that that Favreau is getting a lot of these big gigs and like and like it was great at Marvel. Uh, you know succeeding really well in star wars and then these live action disney movies seem to be not working well for him i mean they're making a billion dollars so I'm sure they're money making um yeah creatively they're not good and also directed one of my favorite movies in chef yes i know chef and starred in it i like that he um i <laughs> i mean it's gonna sound rude but i can sympath i can empathize i like that he just decided to become a fat guy <laughs> like because uh-huh. he because he started that way like it, he, the first time i ever saw him was in pcu <laughs> if you remember pcu with uh jeremy piven and i, I did, david I've never seen spade that. um he's like a fat stoner and then when swingers came around swingers was a great movie um and i haven't revisited it i've never seen it there's some really funny stuff in there um i mean he's like this skinny buff dude and then in um uh made which I joked uh, the other day on the podcast was was a comedy version of that movie we saw with Charlie Hunnam, the boxing movie. Um, oh yeah, whatever that was. Jungle um, Land. Yeah, Jungle Land. Like he's super buff in that movie, and then I think even in um, what's the Deep Impact, he's uh, he's kind of just a, a big buff, like a cut buff dude, and then now he's just like a a big fat old dude like with curly hair you know the funny thing too is that i i don't know if you've ever watched it um this is uh, i i won't spend too much time on it but like the uh he has the chef show on netflix um where he goes around with roy Choi, who was like the the food and chef consultant on chef and they just like travel and go to different restaurants and cook in their restaurants and then he cooks at home and stuff like that and literally like netflix must just be like giving him money and giving him his own camera crew and like yeah make this show yourself and we'll put it on netflix like it's it's so do it yourself and and they've they've had like four collections of it like it's and it's a really good show and it's and it's just funny how that guy seems to just kind of like do whatever he wants in hollywood now and it's crazy how he got to that point and the fact that he like made elf too uh, oh yeah as part of it <laughs> how could you be worthy 
you're all killers. Stark. Jarvis. I'm sorry, I was asleep. Or I was a dream. Reboot. Legionnaire was just got a buggy suit. Terrible noise. And I was tangled in. in strings. Had to kill the other guy. He was a good guy. You killed someone? Wouldn't have been my first call. But down in the real world, we're faced with ugly choices. Who sent you? I see a suit of armor around the world. Ultron. In the flesh. Or no, not yet. Not this Christmas. But I'm ready. I'm on mission. What mission? Peace in our time. As we mentioned, this is, um, you know, a second installment of the Avengers series, bringing back the people that have already played these roles before. You've got Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Don Cheadle. And then you have a couple of new characters who we talked about briefly in uh, our episode on Captain America, the Winter Soldier. You have uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen as, quote, the twins, um, Pietro and uh, Wanda Maximoff. Mm-hmm. who, um, if you don't know, are uh, originally mutants in the Marvel comics, uh, which at the time was uh, all of those mutant characters. The film rights were owned by Fox, which is, of course, since been purchased by Disney. Uh, so they weren't allowed to be, quote, mutants. They were something else. I don't know what they called them, but they were created using Loki's staff, yeah. Um, and they're kind of the, um, like the minions in this movie to, um, to James Spader's Ultron. But I want to talk about these characters first because I think neither of them work. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm with you on that. I think that, uh, I think that they're their storyline is lame. You know, the whole fact that they, you know, they're, they're out to get Tony Stark in the Avengers because they saw Tony Stark's name on a weapon that destroyed, you know, what was it? Um, it destroyed their home or killed their parents or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And, um, and I just, I don't think that that storyline works. I don't think that the, like the joining of them as Avengers and and letting Hawkeye be the one to have the moment with Elizabeth Olsen's character, I, you know, I don't think that that works. I think that they don't have any defining <laughs> qualities. I think that I don't understand. Well, look, maybe this is going to make me sound dumb. I don't understand Scarlet Witch's powers. Like, I don't understand. Like, she's supposed to be doing telekinesis, but why does she then have the ability to, like, throw fireballs or whatever the fuck she's doing? Like, <sighs> I mean, well, I mean, that would be telekinesis, too. Uh or She's, pyrokinesis. I look. I don't know, man. I, I don't. Um, I don't understand. I just, I flat out do not understand her powers. And then Quicksilver. You know, God bless Aaron Taylor Johnson. But like, <laughs> you know, you cannot put this character in a movie after the iconic scene in X Men: Days of Future Past. Like you just can't do it because. Oh one, yeah, they were they were totally screwed. By they were that. yeah, they were screwed by the fact that that was such an iconic and great scene, and also. 
it's not that far of a deviation of the powers. Like there's only so much you can do with those powers. So it's going to be derivative and it's going to be inevitably compared to it. And in comparison, it pales. Like it's just, it's a cheap imitation of something that happened um, that was done way better in, in the X-Men franchise. And uh, they just, they're, they stick out like sore thumbs, honestly. Um, it, it really, none of their stuff works. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about the plot here in a minute, but uh also, uh, as I mentioned, uh, James Spader plays uh, Ultron, who is um, the, he, he's the the villain of the movie, right? It's called Age of Ultron. So he's this automaton um, kind of artificial intelligence created by Tony Stark. And the reason, so the casting of James Spader, this is like. Um, you know, you, you hire James Spader to be James Spader at this point in his yeah. career. Um, I know that it's supposed to be like he's influenced by Tony Stark, like he's sarcastic and um, snarky and, and all kinds of things like that. But this feels like the worst of Whedon uh, writing for for Ultron. The fact that he, like, I know, I understand the idea is that he's an AI that's become, like, sentient, but, like, man, the, the, like, the dripping sarcasm yes, of, yeah. of an artificial intelligence robot is stupid. I, I it's, <laughs> I, I just, I don't like, I don't like the, like, he has, like, a cutting sense of humor. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, like, it, like, even the most advanced AIs and stuff, like, would be calculating jokes from, like, a list of jokes and in context and stuff. Not, like, dripping with sarcasm. Like, it's well, just dumb. Well, and, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with Whedon's stuff prior to Avengers. Um, but, you know, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it is, it's very much like this. You know, there, there's a lot of sarcasm. There's a lot of um, sort of knowing winks to things between heroes and villains and it's fine to a point but this just feels like the worst like like i said it feels like the worst impulses of joss whedon written into this character yeah and, and for what it's worth spader is all in oh he's great i mean is the voice performance is great i yeah. don't you know but like stupid shit like that and like the pinocchio stuff i really <laughs> yes hate. god damn it that's I so that's, really hate that's so terrible <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, one more thing we'll talk about real quick before we move on. Um, casting wise, uh, you have Paul Bettany making his, uh, debut as a person on screen, so speak, yeah. on screen, uh, having been the voice of Jarvis, the AI, um, now is the vision, um, an Android created by Ultron. Again, even having rewatched the movie, I don't really quite understand what's happening yeah well i mean so he was basically created from the power stone right but he's he's what happens when you interject the power stone in jarvis right uh i don't remember <laughs> like, I, I i think that that's what it is i think it's 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 making jarvis and blending it with the power stone or with the, let me with, let me let me read what's on wikipedia because so, it, that's uh, why he has the power stone in his head right um yes yeah but he was also remember there was like the korean doctor um who <laughs> had a big role in this movie or a relatively big role in this movie like creating artificial skin 
Yeah, that was to try to give Ultron a body and transfer the consciousness into... That's originally what Vision was going to be, and then I think they rescued him and, and placed him with Jarvis instead. Yeah. Um, but that was, like, the whole point of it was to give him a human body. I don't... Look, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand what was happening there. I get that they had to get to the to Vision. Like, that was... it. Like, this whole movie feels like they're ticking boxes off. Yeah. Um, we'll talk, let's talk about that here, uh, coming up. Um, and I think, uh, one more thing I'll, I'll add is, um, is, uh, the, uh, uh, Linda Cardellini character, Ooh. um, <laughs> who, uh, plays, uh, Hawkeye's wife, uh, secret Cliff, wife, secret wife, Cliff Burton's wife. Um, so I don't look, I don't have, um, fondness for the Hawkeye character, especially as it's been portrayed in this series. Um, I feel like it just didn't work. You know, they tried, it didn't work. Yeah, I want to talk about this in depth. Yeah. Um, this is a, a, an effort to make it work. And God bless Linda Cardellini. I have, I, I love Linda Cardellini. I yeah, think she's same. great. Um, but this is just a, a thankless part that most yeah. everyone hates. It's nice. What, what? What is? You and Romanoff. No, we haven't. That wasn't. It's okay. Nobody's breaking any bylaws. It's just she's not the most open person in the world. But with you, she seems very relaxed. No, Natasha, she's, she likes to flirt. I've seen her flirt. Up close. This ain't that. Look, as maybe the world's leading authority on waiting too long, don't. You both deserve a win. What do you mean up close? Hang ready, you've got to <laughs> But it's a trick. No, no, it's much more than that. Uh, whosoever be he worthy shall have the power. <laughs> Whatever, man, it's a trick. <laughs> well, please be my guest. Come on. Really? Yeah. This is gonna be beautiful. Clint, you've had a tough week. We won't hold it against you if you can't get it up. <laughs> you know I've seen this before, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Still don't know how you do it. Smell the silent judgment. Please, Stark, by all means. Oh, here we go. Oh. Okay. Uh oh. Mm hmm. Never one to shrink from an honest challenge. Oh, get after it. It's physics. Physics. Right. So I, if I lift it, I, I then rule Asgard. Yes, of course. I will be reinstituting Prima Nocta. <clears throat> be right back. Are you even pulling? Are you on my team? Just represent, pull. All right, let's go. So. We we mentioned that this is a mess. Yeah. Um, it's um it's full of plot, it's full of place setting, and it doesn't ever really come together. And again, I can't tell if this is a problem of uh, studio interference or if it's Joss Whedon just not sticking the landing. Um. But yeah. this thing, like, I don't, uh, I watched it again and I, I paid attention <laughs> and I just don't get it. I don't get what's happening in the movie yeah. half the time. 
Well, look, I mean, I, I actually like the way that it starts. It has this sort of, um, this like, uh, like castle siege that happens out in the, in the, like the woods of Sokovia. And, um, and I think it's got some, like the, it's got a really great action sequence that happens in there where it involves like all the Avengers and stuff. And, uh, and like, like, you know, you get those hero shots of all of them, you know, teaming together at once and stuff. And, you know, there, there's, it's heavily reliant on like Thor's hammer combined with Captain America's shield as being like a combination thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it has like some good weed and sarcasm in that, in that first part. You know, I think that it actually starts off okay, but then like once it starts getting into the plot, you, you see, um, like so it gets into this plot where tony stark has this um i forget what it's called in the movie um oh the vision thing uh the uh, the iron legion so he has the oh yes 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 the, the iron legion where you know the idea is that he's wanting to like put together an army of uh, of like, per, like, I mean, ultimately, like you know, drones, right? It's it's like you know, suits suits that are unmanned to mm-hmm. protect the world to start to stop a war before it starts. Which, as we've pointed out before, <laughs> is completely opposite of how Iron Man three ends when we last saw Tony Stark. Like, Iron Man three literally ends with him blowing up all of his suits. Mm-hmm. basically stating that the thing that he's doing in this movie is wrong. <laughs> and so right off the bat, his motivations <laughs> are extremely confusing. Yes. Um, and again, uh, I mentioned it before. That is the w- biggest problem I have with these films is the shifting worldviews of Tony Stark. Um, you know, the like you said, the end of Iron Man 3, which, as we mentioned on this show... It feels like uh, a movie that didn't want to acknowledge it was part of a superhero franchise. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie, um, but it is something that, you know, it doesn't play nice with the other installments. And it literally, like you said, it literally blows up every Iron Man suit on purpose and like takes the arc reactor out of his chest and like it seems to be some sort of like retirement slash reset of the character and that this movie has it like like right in the beginning him with this iron this legion of of drones essentially um attacking this castle and then you know even alluding to building uh, a suit of armor for the world which leads to ultron's creation is yeah, it, it doesn't square at all. And that's a, I, I don't get, and it, well, there's. And, and also later, him and Captain America completely flip sides in Civil War, right? I mean, it's, isn't it the complete opposite where. where uh, no. Um, do you mean, what do you mean? Like, uh, in what they, in like, because Captain America gets fed up with the system. Right, but but Tony Stark is trying to like create a system. Yes, um, he thinks there need because the whole also has to do with like in like uh, influence of um, like Shield and stuff. Right. Um, look, Tony Stark never had a respect for Shield until he started to have it. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And you know, like I like I mentioned in our Winter Soldier episode, Captain America is the only one that has a clear through line throughout this whole. Th- 
shit show. Um, you know, he's he becomes disillusioned with the system. And the idea of, um, you know, the idea of civil war is that he had, uh, that, that the government wants to regulate superheroes as per what happened in Sokovia, which is the climax of this film. Um, a problem directly caused by Tony Stark. <laughs> of course. Um, which he seems to be okay. He's okay with... Um, after he wasn't in, is it Iron Man two when they want him to like turn his gear, his suit in? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, look, he. I don't know if he evolves as much as they just change what he likes. Yeah. Um. So, uh, like, that's 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 problem number one that I have with the movie is that all, immediately you're left with, um, you know, nothing left over from from iron man three whatsoever yeah well and then you get into you know i mentioned this last time and i in and i talked or i mentioned this when we talked about captain america winter soldier which is that you know it used a lot like the car chase and stuff was like you know probably a lot of practical effects and cars crashing and shit like that um and then you know this this movie suffers i think the most from any movie up until the point you know i think the chitari attack and the avengers is is still pretty cool because you get a lot of like like uh you know interesting shots and stuff like that um but the you know this movie features a lot of like that that super um like michael bay-esque you know cgi on cgi just like metal clashing and clanking together that's causing total and utter destruction uh that that is never quite acknowledged like the scene the like so like the big one i think of is the hulk versus hulk buster scene um that takes place in africa uh and you know it's 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 interesting because like i th- i think that that scene is neat at times like i think it's a cool scene however the amount of destruction that it causes it's sort of like that man versus steel like destroying an entire town with no consequence well yeah the man of steel thing so the the idea that um that man of steel had these massive battles uh man of steel came out in 2013 um, the climax of the film basically levels parts of Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Um, and the critics, the, the, you know, not that the movie was well received at all, but the response to that is, well, this is like completely, um, like just destruction porn. And there's no, like you're, you're saving this city by destroying it. Um, which I think Avengers, uh, this age of Ultron plays it both ways yeah yeah and that it, it has that it has the hulkbuster scene you talk about and then it has a noted l- lengthy effort in the climax to make sure every citizen of this little city is saved yeah um which is a city that that, that for some fucking reason lifts off the ground and like and like the big threat is that they drop the city and it wipes out billions. Like I don't get it. <laughs> well, yeah, it simu- it simulates a uh, like a meteor fall. It's just such a weird thing, you know. You talk about not getting it, and and so much of it, like like it's just it, it's it, and maybe it makes sense, like 
when you think about it, but just like the idea that Ultron like continuing to pass through different robots and stuff, like the consciousness or of of Ultron is like, you know, they destroy one where Ultron's talking and then suddenly he's just in a different place. Yeah, different- I mean, the idea that that, that is um, like he's just sort of uh, uh, like in the internet it was the, like the thing like, oh, he's in the net. Like, well, then you're fucked because you're never getting him back. Like, um, but yeah. Uh, so the problem with, with Ultron is that so he's artificial intelligence and then you have like these he's present in all these robots and computers and everything else. Like it becomes like at some point in the movie, there's going to be someone doing data entry to like block him <laughs> off. You know, like there's no, like part of the climax is going to be like, oh, we need to uh, shut off this port so uh, Ultron can't replicate. So it's like, well, fuck, I don't give a shit about this. Yeah. And then um, you have. Uh, I- Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say a big part of this movie that I feel the movie spends way too much time with and I feel like has very little payoff is the is the fact that Scarlet Witch is making everyone have visions of things. Uh, and God damn, do they spend a lot of time like, <laughs> like making that propel the story forward. Like I like I, I messaged you. I like the initial like Tony Stark seeing all the Avengers dead. I think that's a really striking scene and striking imagery. Like the first time you're seeing the Avengers like characters dead and stuff. But then when it gets into like the ins and outs of like Natasha and Thor, I'm like, I don't care <sighs> about any of this. Yeah. Well, uh, look, they've never really done right by uh, Scarlett Johansson's character either. I think the closest, the the best arc, the best uh, storyline she ever had was in Winter Soldier. She's also really, I, I like her stuff in Civil War too. Oh yes, I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, I don't care that she was a ballerina assassin who was sterilized. Like what? Like I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Why is well, that relevant to this? What's happening now? And that and that also leads to like this weird, like the first time Avengers gets horny with uh, with uh, Bruce and Natasha, which is a storyline. Like I don't want that in my Avengers movie. Like get get that away. Where like there's a scene where she's like, I would have joined you in the shower. Like what the fuck is this? Like what? Yeah. Where is this coming from? Why is this a thing? I I don't think that that relationship works at all which kind of you know speaks to you know i think that there's some whedon-esque stuff that that i think is okay like you know one of the highlights for me is the is at the end of the party where they're all trying to lift thor's hammer and and like you you know it kind of moves a little bit when captain america does it and you see thor get kind of worried and concerned uh which i think is a great moment that later pays off but um but then like you have the worst of it and and i think like the worst part of this whole movie is this domestic Hawkeye section <laughs> where clearly yeah. they're clearly they heard the complaints. They heard the criticisms about Hawkeye as a character. And this was a chance to redeem him in some way. And it just sucks. Like that whole section <laughs> of the movie just sucks. So yeah, the Avengers are on the run, uh, from, uh, old, like it's after the Hulkbuster thing. Yeah. So they're laying low, um, at, the uh this farm that that hawkeye lives at with his wife and kids um previously unmentioned um the only person who seems to know is um is natasha um 
So they just kind of like chill out at his house for a couple days. Yeah. And um, allegedly that is um, something Whedon fought to keep um, at the expense of whatever the fuck Thor is doing. Because Thor fucks off like right away from that area and goes and like sits in a pool with uh, Stellan Skarsgård and does some like meditating. And I don't even know what happens there. I think everyone left the theater that day like, what the fuck was that about? Yeah, that was, that's your piss break, by the way, if you're watching at home. <laughs> just like, just, just take a pee, get some popcorn, refill your drink while Thor's in the pool. And you, you don't, and like, all you miss is that he finally sees the vision of all the Infinity Stones um, in the gauntlet. And that's... Yeah. So one, one more um, uh, shitty Whedon-esque thing I want to mention before we move on to one other thing that I want to mention. Um, the lullaby. Mm. Um, I hate that lullaby that Natasha does to, um, to calm, uh, Bruce down. Yeah. And, um, Taika Waititi gloriously took the piss out of it in Ragnarok. If you remember. I don't. Um, like Thor tries to, uh, tries to talk Hulk out of something with, uh, oh man, what was it? Um, he tries to talk him out of something and, and like just gets immediately rebuffed uh, by because you remember like he's stuck as Hulk. Yes. Um, let's see. Thor Ragnarok lullaby. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. There's a there's a Hollywood uh, reporter article appreciating Thor's Thor Ragnarok and it's Joss Whedon jabs. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the sun's getting really low. Sun's getting real low. Thor says and then. Uh, um uh he gets punched i think mm-hmm. i don't know anyway whatever Th- well that went nowhere but uh <laughs> it, it it's it's not a good part of the movie um neither is the entire bruce natasha relationship um but then uh one more thing i want to mention the table setting this movie does yeah for uh fucking black panther uh which oh, at this yes. point is like f- like th- three years away um you get an appearance by um uh, andy circus as ulysses claw uh and they're dealing with adam uh, not adamantium vibranium um and they're talking about wakanda and uh like something gets mentioned about wakanda but it, it has literally no payoff at all. No, it's 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 a bad section of the movie, and it it goes nowhere. Like Ultron rips off Andy Serkis's arm, and that's pretty much it. So, um, yeah, th- there's there's just so much in this. Th- this movie is there's so much in it. Not to mention uh, the return of Nick Fury um, in um, in the uh, farmhouse section, completely not regarding anything that happened in civil war. Like he literally burns his eye patch at the end of civil war. You mean winter soldier? Sorry. Yeah. Winter soldier. My bad. Uh, Burns his eye patch at the end of winter soldier and then is back wearing it like nothing. And, and then is able to muster up some shield hover, uh, helicarriers at the drop of a hat. It's just, uh, just, the way it it just sort of glosses over some real developments is really shitty to me. Yeah, uh, 
I don't I don't really quite get any of that either. I, and you know, and, and look, that's not to say I think that there I, I to to go to bat for it a little bit. I think that there is a, some of that weed and dialogue that does work in 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 fits. I also think that there's some cool set pieces and some cool action sequences. Um, like the Hulkbuster thing is legitimately, I think, a fun sequence. No, I, I do like that one. Um, um, I don't have a problem with it. But. Yeah, but but it is it is just like a mess of ideas that is is surprisingly like moody. And I think that just this whole like the fact that James Spader's Ultron, this sarcastic like uh, like. Um, you know, monologue prone, you know, <laughs> sentient AI, I thing, like the, the fact that this hovers over the entire movie and sort of permeates it. I mean, it's, he's, I would say Ultron probably has the most screen time of any character in the movie. Yeah. Um, probably. I mean, he certainly probably has more dialogue than any single character. Yeah. And, um, and it's just, it's just, it's exhausting, man. It's just not fun. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's low energy. It's, it's not, and you know, that's the funny thing and why it was such a disappointment because, you know, Avengers was so fun. Like it was such a fun movie. Guardians was really fun. Um, you know, Captain America Winter Soldier was fun in a different way, but it was fun. Like, and this movie just is totally absent of fun. It's, it's such a letdown. Yeah, and uh, one of the other things I wanted to mention was the um, the uh, idea that that uh, they uh, like had this rift at the end. So, like Tony Stark basically creates Vision in um, you know basically does the same thing he did to create Ultron, which fucked everything up. So it puts this giant rift between him and Captain America. Um, it turns out to work out okay, but then by the end of the film, they're all buddy, buddy again. Yeah. And, and, and at this point we knew that civil war was next for this team. So the idea that it kind of reset them to being cool with each other, it, it just sucked. Cause you had this perfect like opportunity to leave that rift there mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it, it, that it pulls it back and everyone's cool at the end is it was such a it's just such a letdown to me all in all yeah i i will say too one one other cool moment uh just before we move on is uh, i do like the scene where uh where vision is seen like casually handing thor's hammer to him i don't want to kill ultron he's unique and he's in pain but that pain will roll over the earth so he must be destroyed. Every form he's built, every trace of his presence on the net. We have to act now. And not one of us can do it without the others. Maybe I am a monster. I don't think I'd know if I were one. And not what you are. And not what you intended. So there may be no way to make you trust me. But we need to go. Right. Well done. So this um, this film came out in 2015. There are a few other superhero movies that uh, were also released that year. Uh, Ant Man, of course, which we'll talk about on the next episode. 
Um, so we'll move on to another one. Um, I know what's coming. Well, uh, first I'm going to talk about one that is that I still don't like, uh, but probably not the one you think you're thinking. Uh, Kingsman: The Secret Service. Ah, uh, yes. Which so, Matthew Vaughn? Uh, Matthew Vaughn um, uh, from a, a book, a comic created by Mark Millar, who um, Kickass did Kickass, okay. which I also hated. <laughs> um, and Matthew Vaughn, who directed Kick-Ass, the first Kick-Ass, and direct, directed X-Men First Class. Yes. Um, what did you think of this movie? I, I wasn't a fan. Uh, also, uh, God bless it, because it ends on an anal sex joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> and like, that's like, like, literally, it's anal sex joke credits. Like, it's cr- it is crazy. <laughs> it's like it's like POV of an anal sex, like, of, of butt sex about to start. So, so God bless it for being ballsy. Uh, I, I didn't like it. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I think I understand why people do like it. Um, and I think that the best part about it is um, Colin Firth. Um, I, I think. Oh, yeah. No, he, yeah, he, he has a great scene in a church. Yeah. That's a great, it's a great action scene. Which was the thing that people talked about the most is that church scene. Um, and I think that, that bit is great, but ultimately at the end of the day, that character is really unlikable and to watch that character, that unlikable character sort of like be the central hero of the story, I think really doesn't work at all. Are you talking about Colin Firth or are you talking about Taron Egerton? Taron Egerton. Oh yeah. I I don't like Taron. Yes. Taron Egerton is, uh, I hate that character. And I, I, I like Eggsy is a terrible character um and he um he's unlikable throughout look i mentioned this with another movie we talked about on the on, the, on another episode the um uh boys in the wood or whatever it was called mm-hmm. um the character of the like teenage uh br- white british gangster guy i fucking hate and <laughs> i don't know what it is uh, you hate chavs Yes, I hate chavs. Um, they're not characters that I, 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 they're all terrible to me. Have you seen Attack the Block? I have not. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'm aware of it, but I have not seen it. Um, yeah, this, this had, uh, like Samuel L. Jackson as like a lisping villain. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Isn't Mark Strong in it. Oh yeah. And, um, who was in the sequel, which I also hated, and he got killed like a bitch in that movie. I didn't see the a, sequel. The sequel's not good either, but the sequel like literally has Elton John in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think uh, Julianne Moore is the bad guy, and it has a uh, American Kingsman. Uh, like one of them is played by Channing Tatum, and they're like in Kentucky. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird universe that I don't think is fun or funny. Um, so then, uh, this that brings us to uh, the other movie I want to talk about from 2015. Yes, the other comic book movie. Um, we've mentioned it before, uh, but this is. Uh, I uh, for, honestly, I didn't realize it was this long ago that it was released, but it is Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie that came out like a wet fart. Um, I believe they held a daytime screening for it just for critics. Um, because oh. I saw it like in an afternoon. I remember. Uh, were you in Austin by that point? 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. They, they did not. I, I think it was in the evening for us. Okay. But it was a critics only screening and no audience was permitted. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, it was like, like a Thursday afternoon. Um, this is a, so this movie so I, is like, I, I, this is what I get for never deleting emails. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ours was a, a Wednesday at 7 PM, but it was oh, okay. at the quarry. So that was our punishment. <laughs> this is um, from Josh Trank, who directed uh, Chronicle. Um, there's a whole bunch of famous uh, or infamous stories about his behavior on this movie set and and just the disaster that it turned out to be. So this stars, uh, this is a, a reboot of uh, the, the Fox Fantastic Four series um, you know, that, that had been made um, by... Uh, What's uh, uh, by Tim Story, the director Tim Story, who who famously directed Barbershop, the Barbershop movies, um, made the Fantastic Four movies that had Chris Evans and Jessica Alba and uh, Michael Chiklis. Um, And they were, look, I don't hate those movies. They're not good movies, but I don't hate them uh, because they have some humor to them. They have some lightness to them. This is a deathly serious reboot of the Fantastic Four series with a bunch of moody actors (laughs) <laughs> um Miles Teller is um Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. Um uh This was the one with Kate Mara, right? Kate, uh, Kate Mara is um is uh Sue uh St- Sue Storm. Is it Michael B. Jordan? Michael B. Jordan is uh Johnny Storm. Um and I think Kate Mara's character is adopted to explain why she's white and he's black. Oh yeah. And it's and the, Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell is the thing. Also produced by Matt, Matthew Vaughn. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, and to, and Toby Kebbell plays Doctor Doom. Which, but I'll I'll stand up for this. That Doctor Doom sequence, it's like two minutes long. It's really cool. Yeah, and, but it's the very fucking end of the movie. It is, yeah. And it like the whole movie is set up, and you've got like five minutes of of anything decent. So like you've got this like super serious world building of uh like this origin story with um you know uh Miles Teller's character being like this high school genius and then you have uh like it's it's like 100 minutes of setup and then 5 minutes of anything resembling a superhero movie and it's so it's so bad like it it's just a the idea that this thing, like, uh, there were rumors, and and I think they're they're somewhat documented, that they were considering like scrapping this from the like and starting over, or or either or either doing that and just never releasing it. Yeah, I mean, it's I gosh, I wish I remembered it more because I I really don't remember it all that well. Um, I just remember thinking how god awful it was and how boring it is and how moody it is and and you know, look, I. I think Chronicle also is not good. Um, so I never bought into the Josh Trank hype, but it's sort of like that, that case where a guy makes a movie and then you give him a shot and he kind of shits the bed a little bit <laughs> and, uh, and kind of and then, fucked and then his shit career the, up. And then shit the bed literally with um, um, <laughs> Capone. <laughs> <Yes>. With Capone, <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is, uh, I don't know if you remember, this had a lot of body horror stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of that stuff that was just... Um, you know, it was about the like terror that they felt going through this, and uh, God, it's just it's so dull and dreary, and 
Um, like it, look, and look, and they're all too young. Like the, 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 I don't know you, what you know about the Fantastic Four, but it's very like the vibe is very like '60s cornball, and I think that's what it needs. Like it needs a, it needs a lighter touch than this. Yeah, like it doesn't work as this moody, um, grim horror tale. It it would work better as a, you know, a a, a limited series or something like you know. A 60s set TV series would be amazing for Fantastic Four. Um, I'm curious to see what the MCU does with it, because that's I think that's something they've been threatening for a while. Once they had, you know, the rights over it again. I mean, it, it would be it's a kind of a no brainer. Like if you just set this thing like in the 60s and gave it a cool retro vibe, I mean, it would be great. But they've never gotten it right. No, they have not. Um, but you know, to be fair, they haven't really nailed it with a lot of other stuff that's outside of look marvel was a, a major also ran for years um until really until x-men came along and even the first x-men doesn't really totally nail it um you know dc was eating their lunch for years and years and years and uh in those years um like they were like there were literal B movies made of these characters. Like there was, there's captain, there's a captain America from 1990. That is a low budget piece of shit that, you know, you, if you looked at that now, you'd be like, how, how on earth did, did this company go from this to this, to where we're at now? Yeah. All right, so, um, you know, we've kind of expressed our disappointment with this movie, but uh, this is uh, the end cre- the uh, mid-credits sequence of this movie is, as we mentioned before, uh, Thanos uh, being frustrated and saying, he fine, he'll do it himself to collect the Infinity Stones. Yes. <laughs> which... Which also really- doesn't pay off for quite some time. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't pay off for another uh, three years at least and like six movies. Um, also doesn't really have a um, direct connection to this movie. Uh, it, like, well, it has it has in, in the sense that you finally see that the Infinity Stones are in like the Infinity Gauntlet when Thor has that vision um, is the clearest connection, I think. And also the fact that it features a, a, a stone for what it is in in reference specifically to a stone um, right because they but were, it's but it's not about like collecting the stones uh well no but but they do have some dialogue about how it like the collection of it is the source of great power and stuff like that right so, hey, look it look it would be better suited it would have been better suited to uh yeah. guardians of the galaxy sure post credit scene sure anyway uh, um and i guess to to also touch on this too in terms of rankings or where it sits I, you know, it's funny because previously speaking, I thought that Iron Man 2 might be the worst up until this point. Uh, not even close. <laughs> and it's strange to think that uh, because I think that, that uh, you know, I think Incredible Hulk is probably the worst. I think this is maybe the second worst. I, I would I would take Iron Man 2 over this. 
Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I look. I Incredible Hulk is is not good, but I can I can give it a pass because they are still finding their legs. Um, more so than I can for this because this is um, this is Marvel Studios on top of the world, and that they blew it creatively is a bigger disappointment than them blowing it creatively in the incredible Hulk. And it's the second movie of a fledgling series with a problematic actor and Mm -hmm. a character no one really cares for on its own. Um, yeah. So I, I would have to say, yeah, I mean, this is pretty far. This is probably the second. Yeah, man, I don't know quality wise I think Hulk is worse but disappointment wise this is worse how about Thor the Dark World where does that sit uh I mean I think it's I think it's more enjoyable on its own than these two because it's look Thor the Dark World is not really a mess it's just kind of inconsequential it doesn't it doesn't add anything and it doesn't really detract anything either yeah um you know, I think this, uh, like I mentioned, um, I think in the last episode or maybe in Winter Soldier, this regresses Captain America a little bit, like turning him into like this Boy Scout prude where he like doesn't like cussing and shit. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't, again, it it kind of blows Iron Man's um, any sort of change Tony Stark had. Yeah. And it ignores... Uh, a lot of the stuff that happened with shield and, and Nick Fury. Yeah. Uh, You know, I will say this, um, is, is that it, it, it happens a lot sooner than I actually remember. I actually forgot this, but two movies from now you get captain America, civil war. And that's truly the second Avengers movie. I mean, if you really want to think about like, you know, it's, it's massive list of characters. I mean, it brings nearly everyone back and it has that sort of team up stuff that sort of internal conflict that makes the Avengers work so so well. I mean, you can almost ignore Age of Ultron and let Civil War serve as your Avengers too, and I think it's a much better experience. We're dealing with something new. Well, the Vision's artificial intelligence. A machine. So it doesn't count. No, it's not like a person lifting the hammer. Right, different rules for us. Nice guy, artificial. Thank you. He can wield the hammer, he can keep the mind still. It's safe with the Vision. And these days, safe is in short supply. But if you put the hammer in an elevator... It would still go up. Elevator's not worthy. I'm going to miss these little talks of ours. Not if you don't leave. I have no choice. The Mind Stone is the fourth of the Infinity Stones to show up in the last few years. It's not a coincidence. Someone has been playing an intricate game and has made pawns of us. Once all these pieces are in position... Triple Yahtzee? You think you could find out what's coming? I do. Besides this one, there's nothing that can't be explained. That man has no regard for lawn maintenance. I'm gonna miss him, though. And you're gonna miss me. It's gonna be a lot of madful tears. I will miss you, Tony. Yeah? Well, it's time for me to tap out. Maybe I should take a page out of Barton's book. Build Pepper a farm. Hope nobody blows it up. The simple life. You get there one day. I don't know. Family. 
Stability. Guy who wanted all that went in the ice 75 years ago. Uh, so that's that's it for this uh, this episode. Next up is Ant-Man. Get ready for a lecture, folks, because I'll be going on one. You have a very big problem with uh, the fact that Edgar Wright was... Was he fired or did he walk away? I don't remember. I believe the ultimate end result was that he walked away. But he had worked on this movie for over a decade. So, so yeah, there was this was supposed to be produced... Like this was outside of the MCU development window. Yeah, initially he he started developing it in two thousand six. So, um, yeah, I, I, look, I I like Edgar Wright. I don't, I don't know that I would understand. Uh, I don't know that I would see an appreciation in an Ant Man movie of his. I don't know. Well, and, and especially in this studio, like this major studio version. I. I, I see what you're saying. However, Thor Ragnarok completely changed that. So true, true. So I and we'll get into that next time because I, I think it's a really it's it's an example that sort of set the table of the thing that bothers me a lot that that extends to like Lord and Miller in Solo. But you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that into the next episode. I'm I'm excited to talk about it. I have not seen Ant Man since theaters. Um, so Same. that's so that's one that I'm I'm interested to go back on. Uh, I don't remember it fondly, uh, but we'll see. You know, I, I just looking at the Wikipedia page, I had forgotten that Adam McKay wrote the script. Uh, oh yeah, Adam McKay and Paul Rudd uh, wrote the screenplay after the you know um, they rewrote it from Edgar Wright's script. So you know, it's crazy to so it's crazy to look at the screenplay credits of Edgar Wright, Joe Cornish, Adam McKay, Paul Rudd, <laughs> and for it to be um, kind of a dud. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at net. You can find us on Twitter at Cinesnob, Facebook, Cinesnob Critic. Uh, you can listen to our other podcasts, the Cinesnob Podcast, where we uh, review new release films. Uh, that you can also watch uh, every week. Um, the new episodes come out on Monday on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, you can also listen to Quarren Stream. Uh, that's on all your platforms. Cody, you have the Ramble. Yeah, Ramble with uh, Jerry Roach and Eddie Pence. We talk about pop culture and nerdy stuff. Uh, and then we also have like a, a little movie sideshow called Good Willow Hunting that's uh, pretty fun to do. Cool. Um, all right, anything else before we go? No, it was good to get back in the saddle and uh, we should be releasing these at a good clip now. And and I'm, I'm actually enjoying watching the universe unfold again. So it's, it's been fun to kind of revisit. You know, it's, it's crazy how, you know, every single movie from this point forward is at least competent, you know. And so uh, that's a it's a sight to behold considering DC is, you know, it has, you know, struggled to even hit that watermark and, and Fox <laughs> in some cases too. So, hey, uh. Hey, big guy. Sun's getting real low. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lullaby time. Uh, okay, on that note, I am Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafani.